It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. What's up? What's happening? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. It's a Wednesday, and it is a day after a stressful Reds loss, another one-run variety type loss. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment, and also might get to a call or two from the Locked On Reds line and maybe discuss a thought that I had last night and kind of flesh out something a little bit too. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of the wonderful podcasting apps like the new Himalaya podcasting app. Also, check us out on Twitter at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And give us a call on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. The question that I've got posed to you right now, and I may add on to that here later in the show. But right now, we're talking about the trade deadline. Who do you want to see the Reds go after? And we're, we'll be talking about that all the way up until they can't make trades anymore come August 1st. So, But let's talk about the loss on Tuesday night. So the Reds drop a very winnable game. And I say that, and you think, you know, well, the Cubs are talented, this, that, and the other. They, they've probably, on paper, got a more talented team, just the way it is. But the Reds were in it. The Reds had many opportunities, many missed opportunities. There's something that has defined this season, just just a microcosm of where they are in 2019. And please don't misconstrue this as me thinking that the Reds are bad. I'm happy. I mean, in fact, I, I saw a tweet today. It's like, man, so this is what it's like to, to care about a Reds game in July, you know, it's nice to have these games, to have these Tuesday nights where I'm sitting on the edge of my couch and I'm jumping up and I'm yelling because Joey Votto made solid contact on a pitch that turned out to be a routine fly ball. And we're going to talk about Joey in a bit, so I'm not going to expound on that just yet. But the game as a whole, Anthony DiSclefani didn't pitch terribly. He did have a couple of innings where he seemed to throw a lot of pitches. Uh, he only had one walk, but he also 
had three innings that were completely clear. It seemed to be the odd innings that he really liked. The even innings he had trouble with this today, but in the odd innings, he was perfect. It was the second inning in which the Cubs got two of the three runs that the Reds put up on the board back by a two-run home run by Robel Garcia. And the Reds, you know, they got out, they got on the board quick, just like they have been all season. They are like the league's best first inning offensive team. And then they just go into hibernation. Eugenio Suarez had a first inning home run. He's had a bunch of those this year. And they put together a few more runs. There was two straight hit by pitches. Puig and Derek Dietrich got hit. Dietrich actually got hit twice in this game. To bring him to 20 hit by pitches on the season, that's one more hit by pitch than home runs for him this year. Just gets plunked a lot. And it's not as if it was intentional or anything. It's not that. It's just the way that he positions himself in the batter's box. He kind of He's kind of like an old Craig Biggio. He knows how to get in front of a pitch, make it look like he's getting out from in front of the pitch, and still get on base for his team. But anyway, so they get back to back on base. And then Nick Senzel comes up with a nice single to score Dietrich from second. And he moves on to second base for the throw. And then, so the very next batter, Jose Peraza, just clobbers a double off of the left center field wall, easily scores Dietrich, and Senzel tries to score from second. Now, I don't know if this was his own decision or if it was he was being waved by J.R. House. I don't rem- I didn't have the video. I didn't see it. Um, or, I mean, I was watching the game, but I, I didn't see what J.R. House was doing at third base because he's been under a lot of scrutiny this season with different decisions that he's made. But nonetheless... Nixon Zell tries to score from second and is thrown out at the plate, which ended the first inning. And now it was maybe an inch away. could have been the fourth run for the Reds, and it could have kept the inning going. But instead, it ended it there, and that is all the Reds had offensively. Three runs in the first, three runs for the game. There were a lot of tense situations late in the game, different situations where the Reds had guys on and they couldn't bring him in. Uh, you know, the aforementioned situation in the ninth inning where Joey Votto popped out the center field. And there were a lot of situations where the Cubs had guys on base and Reds relief pitchers were able to work out of a jam. There was a situation where Robert Stevenson really made a great pitch to get Anthony Rizzo out with a couple of guys on base and then in the ninth inning, Rysel Iglesias was doing some work. But overall, it wasn't enough as Kyle Schwarber hits another home run. Seems like he's done that a lot against the Reds this year. But hit this one barely into the basket in left center field for the walk-off win for the Cubs. So that evens the series at one with a rubber match coming today at 2.20 Eastern time. Going to have Sonny Gray on the mound going up against Hugh Darvish. It could be 
a good day. Of course, I said that yesterday with the uh, matchup against Alec Mills, a guy making his first Major League appearance of 2019. So we'll see what the Reds can do with you, Darvish, and with Sonny Gray backing them on the mound. going to take a quick break here, and then I've got some thoughts about our man Joey. But first, sponsoring today's podcast is Postmates. I've talked about them for the last couple of days. The Postmates app offers you this great uh, chance to start with Postmates. Postmates is a delivery service and all delivery services. If you need food, you're hungry, want to get something from a restaurant, if you need some groceries, something from a convenience store, Postmates delivers it to you. Just download the app, the Postmates app, and enter promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And for this introductory offer, you're going to get seven days to spend $100 in delivery fees. That's right. For the first seven days that you have a profile on Postmates, you get $100 in delivery fees waived. That's a pretty solid deal if you're looking for a burger and you don't want to go out. Or if you've really got a hankering for a Philly cheesesteak, but you also really like what's on TV. Check out the Postmates app. It's going to be able to deliver it to you whenever you want it delivered to you. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $100 in delivery fees for your first seven days. This is the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Wednesday. The final game between the Reds and Cubs in Wrigley for this three-game series is today at 2.20. And then the Reds move into a four-game series with the Cardinals. They're coming back to Great American Ballpark to face off against the Cardinals. They are in the midst of 10 straight games against divisional opponents. A very important stretch, something that they cannot afford to go 500 against. They've got to win more than they lose in this 10-game stretch for them to even think about making a run at some kind of postseason this year. And it's not going to be a huge disappointment to me. I feel like this is the season that they kind of hover around 500 and then next year they make the jump to the playoffs. But if they are to make a run... And they've got the talent to do it. I firmly believe that. And I firmly believe they have the smarts now in the managerial side and in the front office to make it work if they're right there. They're going to know a lot more after this 10-day stretch here. But the thing that concerns me, and it's something that a lot of people were saying coming out of the All-Star break, if the Reds are to be what we as fans hope they can be, Joey Votto can't play like he did in the first half. He just can't. Here's the problem. He kind of has been. His last couple of weeks, he's batting under 200. And in fact, a listener on Twitter, Mike Hubbard, let me know. He he was looking back through. In the games since the All-Star break, and I know it's only been a few, but in the games since the All-Star break, Joey Votto has stranded 12 runners in scoring position and has just one RBI. Now I know. I know I am a proponent of this myself. I don't judge Joey Votto on RBIs like I used to. He's not the guy to bring in runs. But that being said, 
if they're already there in scoring position and Joey is the man that's going to put the ball in play or get walks or something of that nature to keep it rolling, then he needs to do that. And he just hasn't done that. Last night has another offer. He's been on a really tough stretch here lately at the plate. And last night was just another instance of that. Now, in the first inning, he was robbed of extra bases. Albert Almora Jr. made an amazing play in center field up against the wall in the warning track. He kind of went, you know, went down into a slide and was able to make a basket catch over his shoulder on a hit that Joey had that just barely missed being a home run to straightaway center field. But a beautiful play in the outfield took away a sure double for Joey. And he just didn't seem to have whatever it was that they needed on a night like that. And Joey's got to be the catalyst of this offense if they're hoping to go anywhere. And over his last two weeks, he's racked up 32 plate appearances and he's been on base eight times. He has five hits and three walks and he has three strikeouts as well. And that's just not going to get the job done. I don't know. I don't want to be premature because I love Joey Votto. He's one of my favorite players ever and without a doubt the smartest hitter that I've ever watched in a Reds uniform in my lifetime. But that being said, I wonder what's up. And I don't know that we'll get that answer, but it just seems like there's been a sharp decline over the last year and a half or so. And I'm still slightly worried about him. I don't know what we're going to see come the end of the season out of Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto. Anyway, uh, get off that topic now. I, I, I want to take one call. We got just a moment. I want to take one call before we end today's show. Hi, Jeff. It's Jimmy Feltner from Washington, Pennsylvania. I'll just call and answer your question of the week. I think um, I would like to see the Reds acquire Kirby Yates uh, from the Padres you know, for uh, the closing role. I mean, obviously, you know, um, especially after tonight's game, Rafael Glacius, is, his struggle is just continuing. Um, you know, maybe that would be a good trade to look into. Also, uh, you know, I would like to see the Reds uh, pursue Clint Frazier from the Yankees, which I know the Yankees are looking for uh, pitching help, but, uh, you know, maybe a Tanner Roark, uh, kind of trade, you know, with a few prospects or something. That would uh, be great to see him uh, here in Cincinnati. Uh, but, yeah, uh, go Reds. Appreciate the call, as always, Jimmy. And I like your ideas. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Kirby Yates right there, but a reliever is necessary. The Reds need a bat and they need an arm. But let's pretend for a minute that this is the scenario. The Reds go after Kirby Yates, and they go after Clint Frazier. Kirby Yates will probably require a decent prospect. I don't know if it's going to be something like Jonathan India, but maybe it's a you know maybe it's like a, a Jose Siri type or something like that, and. Looking at his contract, he's arbitration eligible after this season, and he's a free agent in 2021. 
So maybe there's a chance the Reds could look to do like a maybe a, a two or three year kind of contract with him. I'm not sure exactly how that would all work, but he doesn't necessarily have the longer term control that you hope for. So maybe that's not something that will require a top tier prospect. And then on the other end of the equation, you could dangle a package of Rysel Iglesias and Tanner Rourke. And then maybe a decent prospect, you know, mid-level guy, 10 to 20 ranked guy for Clint Frazier. I'm not exactly sure because I've seen reports and these are all the same reports that are coming from people that are saying, oh, the Reds are not 100% sold on keeping or, you know, they're not completely closing off negotiations for trades involving Luis Castillo. They're still listening to deals that involve him. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, sure. If they get offered Mike Trout or Aaron Judge or something like that, then yeah, maybe they are listening to that kind of a trade. But in the grand scheme of things, they're not looking to trade Luis Castillo. At the same time, these same guys are reporting that the Yankees are looking for a King's Ransom for Clint Frazier. That seems a little ridiculous given the fact that Clint Frazier is currently blocked at the major league level. He doesn't have any opportunities. So you're going to tell me that the Yankees don't believe he can play in the major league level. And sure, I get it. They're a talented team. But they don't believe he can play at the major league level over what they have right now. But they're also saying that they won't trade him unless you just completely blow them away. That, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because they don't have any sort of incentive to deal him. But at the same time, I think if you come to them with a package of Rysel Iglesias and Tanner Rourke, you really get, you know, pique their interest as they head into a postseason in which they're figured to make a deep run. And you need a guy like Tanner Rourke and a guy like Rysel Iglesias working out of your bullpen or if Rourke is like their fifth starter or something like that, that would be super valuable to them. So I could see something like that working. Now, that's just me spitballing here. There's no reports that say that anything like that is imminent. But it would be cool if the Reds were able to work that, get Kirby Yates and get Clint Frazier. That would be... uh, That would be very intriguing indeed. I I appreciate the call, Jimmy. That's going to do it for us here on the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Make sure that you're subscribed on all the major podcasting platforms. Hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And hit us up on the Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159. Who do you want to see the Reds go after here at the trade deadline? And... You know what? Let's tack on another one. Are you worried about Joey Votto? Am I off base? Am I too worried about Joey Votto? I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think. 513-549-0159. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.